It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome back to the UCL Fantasy Podcast by Fantasy Football Community. We're here for our Match Day 7 preview on the eve of uh, the knockout stages starting tomorrow. We're going to talk about each fixture, match by match, the best captaincy options, the best picks, everything to come on the UCL Fantasy Podcast. Hello, chaps. Again, back-to-back uh, podcast for us, which is lovely. We're going to talk about each fixture. Um, how should we do this? Should we just go through each fixture one by one and we'll we'll, we'll comment? Is that is that all right, Lewis and Dan? Yeah, it works for me. I think if you just do, obviously, in order of date, this would yeah. be yeah. the most helpful thing. And then Let's we're going to maybe say who, who should be looking at captain on each day, perhaps. That works wonderfully. And I hope it works for you, listener. Okay, so look, um, the ideal... Uh, the most ideal fixtures are obviously the ones at the start of the game match day uh, because you get to see the starting lineups. We've got some pretty good ones this time. So the first fixtures uh, that are happening at eight o'clock on Tuesday are Leipzig, Real Madrid and Copenhagen and Man City. So we're going to see those lineups. Lewis, let's start with Leipzig, Real Madrid. What do we need to know? And uh, yeah, talk to us. Yeah, I think it, I think it's fair to say that um, this one's going to be really, really straightforward or, or at least it seems because Leipzig or I think they've just won they think they've won one in the last five Real Madrid are obviously uh, they just had a big win against Girona who were obviously title contenders uh, for Serie uh, not Serie La Liga so I think going into the match I think Real Madrid will have more confidence now it is it is at home to Leipzig but I don't think that's ever mattered with Real Madrid has it I feel like whether they're home or away they just seem to come out with these amazing performances um, I don't I suppose just to touch on Leipzig and, and obviously I'll let, I'll let Dan kind of jump in on, on Leipzig if he agrees but I kind of don't feel like there's much to say in regards to bringing in any of their assets because I, I really wouldn't want 
to be buying any Leipzig assets against Real Madrid. The only one I would probably is that consider... is that mainly because you just don't think they're going to go through, Lewis. I yeah, it's not just that. I don't think they're going to keep a clean sheet because they were awful defensively in the groups. I don't think they kept one clean sheet in the groups actually. Um, I I kind of don't. I, I'm not really convinced by any of their assets either. Chavi was obviously a great asset in the groups, wasn't he? But I can't remember the last. I don't think he scored for the last or picked up a return in his last seven or eight matches. Olmo is back from injury, but again, it's it's a major lack of returns for Olmo as well, the penalty taker, and then. And I suppose Raum is the only kind of one that I would potentially consider. 4.8 million defender. Um, I think he's hit three assists back-to-back consecutive assists, which is very Raum-like. But I, I, I guess it's the I guess it's the kind of do you think there's going to be a clean sheet there as well to, to top that potential up? And I, I don't see I don't see that being that for, for Raum. And I don't know what. what what are your thoughts on Leipzig, Dan? Um, my thoughts are predominantly stay away. You are right, Lewis. Uh, I think they played five goals in January and they've won one, drawn one and, and lost three games. So they're not they're not playing well. They're not having like an overall great season anyway. Um, you're right, the best player is probably Danny Almo and he's always injured. He's, he might be back, but another one's just around the corner. Appenda... Is would chew up a forward spot, which is the issue, especially on a day when you've got like Haaland, who you probably want to pick and captain. Like he'll he must be on whoever is playing the game. Well, it must be two hundred percent ownership on that first day, surely. Um, with uh, with Leipzig, I can't see them not just not really doing much in these games anyway. But I, I can't see them getting through against Real Madrid. And because of that, I don't really want to book in transfers going forward, especially with Jude Bellingham being injured for Real Madrid. There's one player I need to get back in in a couple of weeks' time anyway. Uh, the only positive I could say about Leipzig, if you did want to, if, if we were looking at them, is Real Madrid do have a very makeshift defence. I mentioned that on the last podcast that they had many and Carvajal as their centre-backs against Girona. That being said, Girona loved to score a goal and they kept a clean sheet and beat them 4-0. Uh, so make of that whatever you will. But a back five of Lunin, Mendy, Vasquez, who's a right-winger by trade, remember. Then you've got a right-back at centre-back, a holding midfielder at centre-back. Doesn't fill us with too much what's, confidence. What's going, why is that? I know Rudiger's injured. Is just yeah. everyone else injured? Unavailable? Yeah. The squad's small? Injuries. What is it? Yeah. Injuries. Got He did the same thing as Couture, didn't he? Ligament in his knee. Mm. Nacho's injured. Rudiger's injured. They're all just injured. But again, uh, well, I mean, Militao's out for a long time, as Couture is, but once... I think Rudiger's back and get a few more players back, then you're going to want Real Madrid players. And if you're not on a wild card, then you're probably that. I know that we're leaning into Real Madrid now, but that's probably where you'd want to go. And also, with it being the first Tuesday, when clean sheets can be a little bit difficult, maybe this is a good game to go for for Real Madrid because if it doesn't quite work out, you can always just take them out. For me, the problem with Leipzig is their best 
player is often injured, their most prolific either goal scorer or assister, and just in terms of attacking returns, is a pender. Then are you going to want a pender in ahead of some of the other forwards that are available on a, on the off chance? That's so it just doesn't quite work out. Okay, there's the thoughts on that. Anything else to add to, on that fixture before we move to the next one? Obviously, you know, again, we're going to see the lineups, aren't we? So we can make some last minute yeah, decisions there. On the only thing for me is um, for Vinicius Junior. I, th- I do. I still think he's a good pick, but I think his potential of actually maybe being a captaincy in this is totally dropped out now because Bellingham's injured. I yeah. just think he's now not going to get the chances. Who's going to be the pen taker? Is Modric maybe? I think it'll be Modric. Yeah, you'd assume Modric. That's if he plays. Um, obviously, but I think if Brahim Diaz starts, because yeah. he's a similar-ish price to Bellingham, I think he's a great punt in this game because you know that you probably only need a million or so to then go Diaz straight to Bellingham and Bellingham's fit. Nice straight swap. Uh, whoever's playing in that, if they're going to play the same formation, because again, that's the benefit of us getting to see it. If they want to play that same formation with a split strike as of Rodrigo and Vinicius Jr. up front, whoever's in that 10 is going to get a lot of joy. And I think that is the player that we should be buying as our punt. But I don't know who it is because I haven't seen the team sheet yet because I'm not psychic. Okay, next fixture. Let's go to Copenhagen, Man City. Lewis, kick us off. Obviously, we're going to see if Haaland starts. We're going to see if Foden, De Bruyne, all that sort of thing. What do we need to know about this fixture? Yeah, there's a, there is a danger with this this fixture. I think there's a danger of piling up on Manchester City assets and then them rotating. Um, you've you've got to you've got to, you've got to kind of realise that Manchester City are in a title race and they're in a title race with both Arsenal and Liverpool. And I think the priority for them would probably be wiping the floor with Copenhagen in the first leg. And then potentially rotating like crazy in the second. Like I wouldn't be surprised to see two completely different teams from the first leg to the second if it's a heavy kind of win for for Manchester City, which which kind of makes me feel like you know the likes of Foden and Kevin De Bruyne and, and Holland are more more at risk for that second leg. Now I know we're jumping the gun a little bit, but you kind of have to think like this when you're when you're building your team. You know, you have to think what is what is going to be long term now. Of course, I'm not saying don't buy Haaland. You're going to have to buy him. What I am saying is overloading your team with Manchester City assets is very, very risky because you could effectively get one game out of two over the next two matches. So you have to be really careful um, picking the likes of Kevin De Bruyne and Foden and stuff. What I will say, though, from a, from a defensive point of view, is you, you just simply have to back them against Copenhagen, right? And every, everyone's going to be doing it. Their, their effective ownership, the, the defence of the EO, the ownership will be will be really high. And I think the standout for me is is um, Rico Lewis. So he started five of the last five of the six Champions League matches. I feel like he's going to start every single match for for every single Champions League match for for Manchester City. Like regardless of the result, I think he's just a Champions League player. Um, I think he picked up two assists in the groups. He's 4.9 million, so he's at a decent price, a reasonable price. And he's obviously playing in midfield as well, isn't he? So he's kind of more advanced. So I would say him, I think you touched upon Aki um, and in the last 
in the last pod. And I think he's like 4.3 million. Is that right, Dan? Not too sure if we said 4.3. Uh, I think it was just a straight up 4.5. 4.5, yeah. Now, I'll double check now. Well, let's assume it's 4.5. If it's not, I will tell you that it's not. Cool. So I think if he's starting, I think he would be tempting because there's so many pricey attackers at the moment that you have to go cheap in defense. You, you, you just have to go cheap in defense. And to be honest, the, the more expensive defensive assets just don't seem that great this week or at least for the next couple of weeks. So that's Man City for me. I think Haaland's a must. I think if you're going to captain someone on the on, on day one, um, taking into account Real Madrid as well, I think it's a straight up Haaland because, you know, he could go big. It's Copenhagen. Man City, has, I think Man City have won the last 10 matches in a row. Have to double check that, but if that's the case, that's insane. Um, so I just think you back him, but yeah, again, just be slightly wary that if Manchester City do completely dismantle Copenhagen, which I think they will, um, then we could see mass rotation in the second leg. Uh, Dan, anything to add on, on City or Copenhagen? I think slightly differently to Lewis, I think double up on the City defence. I think it's the only way you're really going to get any gains on it. And we see the lineup, and I think we can make a logical choice from there in terms of who we should and shouldn't be picking, maybe even for that second leg. Um, I just feel like players like Lewis Diaz, um, Ruben Diaz, sorry, play the... Um, definitely not Lewis Diaz, like you in the last pod, bloody Liverpool players, um, played the big games... And Pep always has his little roulette moments in the group stages. But for the knockouts, my recollection has been quite consistent with it. He does take it seriously. I do agree, obviously, and we mentioned it earlier on for the Sport and Lisbon game, that I think Lewis is bang on if they win four or five. Which Is there any evidence that they will do that? I know Man City or Man City in the class, but... Were Copenhagen ever embarrassed in their group against Galatasaray, Bayern Munich, and Man United? I thought they did pretty well. So I always have this theory that, that uh, as you know, like the first leg of of these is always tighter than you think. Like Copenhagen will play it tight; they'll want to get a nil-nil, a one-one, uh, keep it tight so that they go to the Etihad and they've got a chance. The, the, these first legs are always tighter than than, than you. I, I, I could I could see a one-nil City or a nil-nil. I don't think they'll get blown yeah. away. That's why I think I think a lot of people are going to try and second guess the midfield, and for me that would be where the mistake would be made. I think if you actually wanted to for a bit more budget, you can maybe go Rodri because he'll play them both. Uh, I I think you want to be going for Diaz and then another defender. And Ake seems to be playing a lot of games, and also if he plays that first game, even if he gets dropped for the second, heaven forbid. He's four and a half million. He's a four and a half million defender playing for maybe the best team on the planet. Like, you can stomach it if he doesn't play that next game. Yeah. Yeah, true. Um, okay, right, good. Those are the two opening games. Those are the thoughts. Uh, and that is uh, the round of 16 first leg for, 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 for that. The Wednesday fixtures now. Uh, we've got Lazio versus Bayern and PSG versus Real Sociedad. So let's start with Lazio versus Bayern. Lewis. Yeah, I'm just going to start with uh, with Lazio, actually, because, I mean, a lot of people are going to go into this and think, right, we're going to stock up on Bayern, um, which which is good, which is I, I totally agree with. I just want to kind of highlight 
Lazio situation. So they have been inconsistent this season. They're currently eighth in the league. They they were second last time last time out. I did say to, on a pod with you guys that I did see Lazio progressing and I did think they'd improve. But recently, when it comes to the big teams, you know, the likes of Atalanta, they conceded free. Inter, they conceded free. So these these when they're playing kind of efficient attacks, they are conceding quite a few goals. So I do think this is a fixture to target. I wouldn't be buying any Lazio players. I know Felipe Anderson's in a little bit of form. He's six point five million. So the hero four point oh Patrick is is dead. That 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 dream's dead, isn't it? Yeah, he's he's uh, he's long gone now, Ad, unfortunately. I mean, they have really cheap defenders. You know, Rom Agnoli, he's he's four point five million. But I mean, do you you're not really going to want to go there, are you, against Bayern? So, in terms of in terms of Bayern itself, I think just to kind of look at a few things. Obviously, New is back, um, which makes me a lot more confident about who. Newer. I love your pronunciations. No, yeah. Newer. He's better than the no, older yeah. one. Yeah. Oh, crikey. Uh, We're back. We're truly back now. Anyway. Go on, Lewis. Yes. Yeah. The, I think. Go on, Louis. The, Louis, sorry. Louis. <laughs> the, the, main, the, main, the main boys, Sane, Kane, I just think they're going to score goals. Like, you know, Bayern are a team that, that can really punish teams. Yes, they lost to Leverkusen in the last match, but. I, I just feel like the Champions League is, is where they perform. I feel like that they're going to bounce back and, and players like Kane and so on, they don't, you know, they, they don't go out of form for too long, especially Kane. Um, so for me, Kane is, is probably an essential. I'm probably going to say that. I'll, I'll put it out as essential. I would look at um, their defence, though. Uh the likes of Kim, the likes of Eric Dyer at 4.5 million. He could potentially play. He probably will play. Uh, 4.5 again. Has now he been starting doing... for Bayern? He has, yeah. So he's been right. starting. Um, every I'm going to write that down. I love. I actually even... really like Eric Dyer. I don't know why. It's weird. Carry on. Even with Kim and Jay back, he's, he's been starting. So they've both been starting together. Kim and Jay have course just come back from the Asian Cup he's he's a ball recovery monster isn't he you know at five million he's a very very good good price but people will be tempted I think to go for diet 0.5 cheaper because I've built a team and it's very difficult to get all the players I want in so cutting away you know 0.5 it's actually really helpful um yeah I'm not too sure if Dan's got much to add to that get closer to your microphone Lewis <laughs> That's what he's got to add. Anything else to add about this fixture, Dan? Yeah, I completely disagree. Um, ah, perfect. This La- is good. Lazio are good at home. They're rubbish away, but at home, they're a good team. And again, can someone tell me this amazing Bayern Munich performance that we saw in the group stages where the blew anyone away that whether did any of their vintage 6 7 nils? I know that they scored quite a few goals against open teams when it was a back and forth match Man United for example but Lazio are a team that are just going to try and shut this game down I agree in a sense that when it goes for the for the second leg when it goes back to uh, back to Munich then yeah I think you're going to definitely want Harry Kane in um, I don't mind the Eric Dyer shout again it's an early sort of game and I'm not even suggesting Lazio win it could 
it could be a nil-nil, or it could even be a one-nil. Is Harry Kane worth all that money for what may be a goal? Because um, he's, he's still scoring, but he has slowed down a little bit. Uh, I think they're, they're, they're not looking good, Bayern Munich. Even when they're winning games, they don't look good when I watch them. Mm. Whereas Lazio are a really strong team at home. I could definitely see this being a low-scoring affair either way. And little spoiler, but I think obviously we talked on the last podcast about ordering the strikers. I think it makes a lot more sense to go for Mbappe at home and then transfer him out for the second leg to bring Kane in and maximise that situation instead of just being like, oh, well, I've got, I've, got, I've got to have one for both of the legs. And I think that's more what I'm leaning to do anyway, not have Kane for the first leg away and then bring him, bring him in for that home leg. Because he's not like obviously his goal scoring record has been absolutely class this season, but a lot of that was before that winter break. Uh, since he's came back, it, it has slowed down a, a fair bit. Okay, it's worth, worth, worth highlighting again uh, the fact that I don't think Mbappe has played recently, has he? I think he's injured, and you wouldn't actually get the lineup. Um, so going for the, Mbappe, the manager said he's fit for the game. And that he, said he didn't play him. Right. Yeah, he said that he didn't want to. He didn't play him because um, for the because he wanted him to be ready for the Champions League. Champions League. Okay. Well, uh, as we said at the end of this, we'll we'll go through who we're thinking of picking. I've got I've got an eleven already. A, a team already set up. It will probably change, but 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 we will uh, we'll go through that. Um. In fact, on to PSG Real Sociedad. Let's 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 go, Lewis. Obviously, we've just talked about Mbappe. Uh, anything else we should be considering? I know quite a few people are, are mentioning Zaire Emery, their their young uh, central midfielder, quite good value. Mm. Uh, got an assist against Newcastle. He's, I think he's their highest scoring midfielder. I think. Um. Yeah. What What are you thinking, Lewis? I'm pretty sure he's 17. Yeah, he's young. Yeah, yeah. It's ridiculous, isn't it? 17 years old. He's almost as good as Lewis Miley at Newcastle, who's 17. <laughs> and he, I think he picked up, he picked up an assist in his last match. I think he got two double-digit hauls in the group stage. And he's 17 years old, 5.3 million midfielder. And do you know what? I think there's a serious lack of midfield, cheap midfielder options um, going into the, the round of 16. So I think... If you're gonna go somewhere, if you're gonna, if you need to get down to that sort of price in midfield, then I think he's a shoe in. I think a lot of a lot of managers are just gonna pick him like immediately and, and and just leave him in there because you know we, we've we've discussed Real Sociedad. They were great in the groups and stuff, but I think they've been poor recently. They've I think they've failed to win any of their last four or five matches. I just worry about them. I worry about them offensively. I don't think they're going to be able to handle with PSG offensively. I think PSG, you've just got too much. I think they've averaged around three goals in the last 10 matches. Uh, a kind of average that Bayern used to used to maintain under you know previous managers. Not anymore under Tuchel, interestingly, going back to the Bayern. Yeah, they're averaging less goals now too, actually. But yeah, so I think if you're looking at goals and you're looking at games to, to back... Uh, teams to bat this week. You go for PSG, they're playing at home. Mbappe, again, Dan's just confirmed that he's fit. Again, a great option. Zaire Emery, also a very good option. I think, obviously, Hakimi, I I, I made a draft and I, I just can't, I can't get rid of Hakimi out of it. You know, it, for me, he's just one of those players. He was so good in AFCON. Um, he, I think he scored and assisted. He's, he's just so dangerous. I think he's picked up 
eight or nine attacking returns and, and he missed a penalty in the last minute as well didn't he yeah he did yeah he, he I think he's picked up an attacking return in half of his matches this season in the league which which is ridiculous it's insane because you start how much is Hakimi? Clean... how much is Hakimi that's the problem isn't it I think he's about 6.5 million I'm not too sure Dan he's, he's one of the most expensive yeah. in the game for sure isn't he yeah interesting yeah I think he is I have picked up one more thing uh, before I pass over to Dan. They have they signed a 20-year-old centre-back from Brazil in January, and he's started the last two or three matches named Baraldi, Baraldo. Um, he's only 4.5 million. So if you're gonna if you're gonna back defence um, at home, then Baraldo or Baraldi. I've missed a vowel at the end of my notes there, <laughs> so I've just got Baraldo. <laughs> Uh, either way, um, your pronunciation is always spot on, so we trust you. Oh, well, there you go, <laughs> no difference. Uh, but yeah, I think he, he could be potentially an option. Um, I would probably look into his him more and, and, and positions more before I go for him personally. But um, I have made a note to, to keep an eye out on, on him. Very good, Dan. Anything else to add to on, on that fixture? PSG Real Sociedad, yeah, I think it's a tough one. Um... <clears throat> Just to play devil's advocate, Lewis is bang on. Haven't Sociedad haven't won a game in the last four. However, in those four games, they've only conceded one goal. So they've had three nil-nil draws. Okay. Um, mm. Obviously, not two teams of I see a PSG standards, but again, I've like Ed. Did PSG impress you in our group? Well, Newcastle played them twice, and the 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 the. Uh... The aggregate score is six, five, 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 two or something. So yeah, no, yeah. not really. And uh, ultimately, that pen in the die in seconds was never a pen. Uh, they're lucky to be mm. here. Let's and, be honest. And, and if that penalty, as it's worth saying, Dan, on your point, if that penalty wasn't given, PSG would have gone out of the of Europe completely, and we would have finished yeah. third and gone into Europa, and then Dortmund and AC Milan would have gone through Mil- to the knockout. Exactly. So. Um, and Sociedad did finish top. I think people are going to underestimate Sociedad because of some of their recent form. And it's because I've done stuff like this in the past as well. We go, oh, they came back since January. Sometimes it does just take a little while. And I think players do step up. The issue that I've seen is, and um, Lewis, you might be able to tell me a little bit more about it, is Ayatsabal out. Yeah, I think there's rumours that he could be out of this first fixture. I'm sure I read it was four games. That's bad because he's a really good player for them. But for example, yeah. the, the the loss at the the weekend against Osasuna one nil, but they didn't play all of the best players. Like Brace Mendes didn't start, Baronetia didn't start, yeah. uh, Hamari Triore uh, didn't start. Like the they've been messing around a little bit at the same time. And PSG haven't impressed me as a team. You can always back Mbappe, and Mbappe did the business in the group stages as per. Um, but in terms of the rest of the team, uh, I don't think so. And I actually think Sociedad, it'd probably be good to get a Sociedad player in your midfield, largely because of the price. Like you can have Brace Mendes or Baronetia, who are two attacking-minded midfielders, or Marino, who's an attacking-minded number eight sort of thing. Um, you, can have, you can have any of those, and they're all... At, all three of those are more likely to get an attack in return than any other PSG player outside of Mbappe, in my opinion. Um, Sociedad will be a much better team than probably any team PSG have played in the French League this year. 
So I I don't think it's a, it's a given. Devil's Advocate Dan uh, on form once again. Very good. Um, let's take a quick break and we'll come back and do the other four, uh, four fixtures. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Okay, moving on to so all the fixtures we've done so far. That's uh, ha- they are all happening this week on Tuesday and Wednesday. Let's move to the next week that, of course, is still included in this in this uh, kind of choice of team. Uh, and first up, we've got a very defensive looking fixture on paper: Inter Milan versus Atletico Madrid. What do we make of this one, Lewis? Uh, to me, I look at it and think it's either going to be nil nil or I don't want it to be anything because it's going to confuse me. <laughs> I'm looking forward to this game. Actually, I really like both these teams. It's a shame, obviously, that so we heard news on the last pod that Morata left uh, the game tonight um, due to a knee injury. So I don't know if he's going to make it um, to the next game. What is worth mentioning before we go on is this is day three now. This is day three of March, day seven. And it, it's quite tough to pick a captaincy in these games. But I think making sure you've got a player two captain on this day, day three, I think is really important. So yeah, just a, just some just some bits in regards to this is a really tight game, isn't it? Inter Atletico, it's a hard one to call, isn't it? I think it is tough. Um, that being said, I do think Inter are a better team than Atletico Madrid. Um, in terms of players, this is where I think I, I think Inzaghi is going to yes. Called him by his surname this time. Uh, Inzaghi is more likely than not to just play his strongest team for this game. And I think, yeah, obviously, they've got uh, Salonatana in the league between now and then, where it'll probably be good to see if he does rotate. But having Roma, Juventus, particularly Fiorentina, Napoli, Lazio. I think we can look at his starting lineups from those games and get an idea that Bastonia, Cherby, and Pavard, DeMarco, Darmian, is his preferred back five at the minute. What is worth and mentioning, Dan, sorry, is that 
Inter are seven points clear in Serie A now, which is something that they have haven't been this season, you know, during the Champions League, and and, and which could also suggest we see less rotation over the next couple of weeks. I think that seven point gap is really uh, it's it's quite a big one actually. Yeah, well, seven points at the top of any league, but yeah, it's normally it's normally much tighter for them in that league because um, it's probably a little bit more well balanced. But uh, for me, I think you can look at those with a bit a good degree of confidence. You've mentioned Norm Morata and say, well, yeah, actually, I feel comfortable getting an Inter Milan defender. I mean, DeMarco just screams, pick me. I know he's expensive, but I'd definitely be going for at least one, if not two, Inter defenders. Because I just don't think... I, I just think at home... Because you are yeah, at home, the first leg, right? Yeah, yeah I just think at home, they're such a good home side. Um, Marcus Turam is still there, and I think he's still 6.5 million. And he's still this is what I was I wanted to ask because in the, we, we said he was, yeah, we said he was you know a great pick at the start of the season because he was, but then Inter just seemed to rotate all the time. Now they're in the knockouts. Are we thinking Turam's now going to start? Uh, yes, I think so. And he's a striker. He scored at the weekend. Again, I just think we're going to see a lot less rotation from Inzaghi this time round because I th- I think what he was planning was this all along in terms of. Just be strong in the league, get a good lead in the league. He probably knew we yeah. could squeeze through the groups and then now we can play strongest team with a lead in the league. That's two words that sound far too similar for a Geordie to say. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think that Turam is is going to be once again a good pick. Uh, Log lose their penalty taker for anyone that maybe wants to go with a penalty taker against Atletico Madrid, who do like to foul people. He's also yes, on free kick. Do, um, Lataro Martinez, oh, you might have mentioned it. Sorry, I, was, I just uh, was, was reading something. Um, have you mentioned him? I mean, he's obviously so good in the league. Is he, he's been a bit rubbish in the Champions League, hasn't he? Yeah, he's not a... Yeah. He's, a, he's, a he's a really good striker against... He's a league player. Yeah, like he's not great against great opposition. I don't think he was great in the World Cup, especially in the big moments. Um, He's a striker as well. So are you wanting to take away a spot from Kane, Vinicius Jr., Haaland, Mbappe, full crew, De Jong? And particularly when you can get two around for six and a half million as a midfielder, I suppose. You get two around for six and a half million midfielder. Like it's just, he's just totally, totally being priced out. Um. Yeah, I think like Madrid have lost their last two games, 1-0. Uh, one at home to Athletic Bilbao and one away to Sevilla, both 1-0. Um, so, yeah, it's not... They're a little bit out of sort. I just think Inter are bang on it and they've been playing high-quality opposition for a good few weeks now. I just think they're in the right physical moment. I genuinely think you could double up on Inter defence with either a Cherby or Darmian and then Bastoni or DeMarco, probably just for money, um, because uh, the others are more expensive, the, uh, the the latter are more expensive than the former, and then go for two Ram in midfield. Or, like I say, Chanloglu, if you want to be extra punty. Yeah, it's, it's definitely one of those games you look at and think, at first, it's like, oh, I'm not going to touch that. But I think for me, I think a double or triplet, it, it could could be very realistic for me. Again, we mentioned on, I think it was the last pod that we talked about 
Darmion, wasn't it, Dan? He's 4.3 million. He's been yeah. starting nearly every game for, for Inter while Dumfries is sat on the bench fit, by the way. So, obviously, Dumfries has come on for a couple of features. But um, they have been playing some good teams in uh, Roma, Juve, Fiorentina, and won all of them, kept two clean sheets in that in, in that kind of match period. So, I really like the... Um, the the end of defense and it's worth it's worth mentioning Sommer as well you know he's he's still there he's still four point five million he's still um, very much worth going for especially you know you get two cracks that work with with the with the goalkeepers as well don't you so but yeah Taram have to agree with Dan on Taram I think at six point five million he's probably going to start his his strongest team in both legs potentially um, they've got seven point seven-point lead in the league. They've just beat Juventus, their, their closest title rivals. I think he's got, I think Inzaghi's got, you know, the flexibility to rotate in Serie A rather than the Champions League, at least short term anyway. There we go. On to the next fixture. Um, so that's Inter Milan. I mean, I, I think I'm pretty certain I'm going to have uh, Turam. I think that's that's a no-brainer for me at six and a half million. Uh, I said that at the start of the season, of course, and then he didn't play, but let's find out. Uh, PSV Dortmund. So this is a bit of a funny one. Obviously, we've mentioned in the previous pod and I think maybe even in this one, Fulkrug, and we've mentioned De Jong, but it's, it's, Lewis, talk to us. PSV Dortmund. This is a really interesting one. I, I think this is going to be one of the one of the most interesting, potentially exciting games, maybe a game that I'm not too sure what happens with, but I think you just have to back form with this one. Um, I think Dortmund, they're in, I think they've won four out of the last five. They've cut four out of the last five in clean sheets. You know, they've, they've okay, they've not got a lot of attractive options, to be perfectly honest. I think Julian Brandt's out. I don't think he's played for a while. Yeah, Ruth. came off the bench today. Yeah, so so I mean he could start the, the in the Champions League potentially, but he, you know his his match fitness probably questionable. Although this is in the second week, so he could he could get back up to speed. I'm just not convinced by the Dortmund attackers, other than Fulkrug. Obviously, we mentioned him on the last pod that. Of, of all the players on that day three, for me, he is a standout captaincy option. Dortmund are away from home, but Dortmund were really good in that group of death, weren't they? You know, they had Newcastle, Milan, PSG, and they came out on top. And, and they were a team that I didn't think would come out on top. But it was Dan that was saying, actually, I think Dortmund are going to progress. So for me, they kind of surprised me in the groups. But there are a couple of players that I'd back there. Um, I think, again, Fulkrug, I think, again, if you're going to get rid of Mbappe or, or leave out a, a striker, you have Fulkrug, he enables funds, he's a good captaincy option, just in case he takes penalties. I think you also have to go for Ian Matson at 4.5 million. For those that didn't listen to the last part, he's just so cheap. He's, he's started the last four or five matches since signing for Dortmund. He's got two assists, he's picked up clean sheets. I, I, for me, he's probably the standout budget defender um, there. It would, I mean, I'm gonna, I'll probably, I'll move PSV over to Dam because I'm guessing he's, he, he might fancy a couple of the um, players from there, but I'm not too sure. What, what are your thoughts on PSV, Dam? Not at all. Uh, uh, I, 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 um, yeah, I think obviously we're in the same group. 
think I made my feelings quite clear that the Dutch Eredivisie isn't the benchmark at which you judge teams or how they're going to perform in the Champions League. Uh, to, I mean, to put it into sort of context, Sevilla are 16th in La Liga, really struggling. I think before this weekend, we're only three points off safety, now the six. Um, PSV drew 2-2 with them and then narrowly beat them 3-2. Uh, they drew with Lon, they drew with Arsenal, but Arsenal were through. Um, and then they got hammered off Arsenal at the same time. So yeah, they're doing really well in their league, but I don't think that translates against good teams. And Dortmund was so impressive. They they dominated Newcastle United for I'd say three quarters of the minutes played. I think we had a, I think we were the better team for one half of football in the first game that we played against them. Other than that, uh, they were absolutely outstanding. I thought they were except for the first game against PSG, when they were just getting warmed up, I thought they were comfortably the best team in our group. You're right, Lewis. They've got off to a flyer since January again. They are rotating. So lots of people are considering Hummels. He's not played in a little while. It's been Schlotterbeck and Sewell is the two centre-backs. Um, the right-backs have rotated. But since Matson's came in, he's been the one that's always been there. So at four and a half million, that's exactly why I think he should be in most people's thoughts. Fulkrug, for me, is the go-to budget striker uh, over Dion. I owned Dion in the groups, and it wasn't a fun experience at all. Whereas Fulkrug's really coming into his own now for Dortmund. I think he's got like five attacking returns in his last few games. It's, it's a bit of a no-brainer for me that Dortmund should be the favourites for this and will likely progress. And with how they played against us, with how they played against Milan, how they played it against PSG, I don't think they're going to be a soft touch in this competition at all. And it depends on who they get for the quarterfinals, obviously. But if they get a favourable draw, then you've probably got them for the next few games after that. And it allows you to spread your budget around a little more. I think Lewis is right in terms of midfield. It's hard to pick because you would go Brandt. Brandt would be the standout. But if he's only just came back, He's, he does have another week to rest, obviously, because this is in a couple of weeks' time. So if he is back by then, then he's going to be a great pick. Royce is on pens, so he's always a pick. But he's not played well in a long time, Marco Royce. So I'll probably avoid. There we go. Thank you, Dan. Thank you, Lewis. Let's go to the Wednesday. So the first uh, fixture is Porto versus Arsenal. So uh, obviously my... Galeno pick, I'm still uh, smug about, uh, getting 22 points in match day six. But Porto versus Arsenal, what are we thinking? Is is this, like, how are Porto doing? I don't, I don't know anything really about Porto other than Galeno's good. Lewis, uh, talk to us. Yeah, I think Porto, the thing is with Porto, they, they always seem to be in good form in, in the league. It's the, the, the Portuguese league is, is very similar to the Dutch league. You know, if the, these top teams could be doing well, but that doesn't always translate into the Champions League, and, and, you know, with, the, with some of these teams, they kept like five clean sheets in seven matches, which is good. But then you know, when you're coming up against Arsenal, I, w- I would seriously I would seriously worry about backing any of their defenders. Just to touch upon their defenders, Pepe still plays football. He's 40 years old. <laughs> um, <laughs> 40. And uh, yeah, he's 4.8 million. He's actually scored two goals as well. Um I wouldn't pick him. Totally irrelevant. 
yeah, definitely don't pick him. I just found it um, quite fun. Evan Nielsen took the last penalty for Porto. Um, I think he's been taking penalties anyway. So Galino, Galano, I forgot how you say it anymore. I've been so used to saying it my way, the wrong way. Yeah. <laughs> Bad face. Anyway, that guy, he's uh, he's got a goal and an assist uh, recently. But again, I think... I think you have to back Arsenal in this one. Do you agree, Dan? Who do you, who you go yeah, I do there? agree. Uh, Evan Nielsen seems to be the their most consistent player, but he's a striker, and there's just too many of them. And that's why you probably wouldn't have any portal players because you wouldn't go elsewhere. But yeah, it's going to be Arsenal. Unfortunately, they've got probably the most expensive defenders in the entire game, Arsenal, across the board. You're probably just looking to go for Gabriel and Saliba. Both scored... On Sunday, um, they've, I mean, Gabriel scored a, in a couple of games in a row now, I think. So you're probably going to go with with one of those, perhaps, in defence, if you fancy them to keep a clean sheet. Beyond that, I think everyone knows about Arsenal from playing Fantasy Premier League. Saka, Odegaard, really boring. You're probably not going to go for Jesus because he's a striker. Um, but they're going to be be your picks. Maybe Declan Rice. Declan Rice is obviously getting in a few assists, get, got a goal, but he could be good for ball recoveries in this game. I don't know what Declan Rice's price is, actually. Do you know what it is off the top of your head? I think it's like 5.5 or 6. I could... That's a, that's a Let's good, have a look, yeah. Um, Declan Rice, 6 million. So, Ooh, could steep, be... Yeah. Could be worth a little pun, but he's not he's not torn up any trees. I think his biggest point hole is like four so far. I think it's gonna be I, th- I think it's gonna be Odegaard or Saka, probably as your picks. And you've got more chance of getting one of those. And this is the thing for me, this is probably the probably the captaincy game on this day. Yeah, well, so we're going to come on to that Napoli-Barcelona in a minute. I have no idea what to do on that, but carry on, yeah. Yeah, I think this is probably the captaincy game because for Napoli, you probably want Ossiman, but again, a striker. Do you want to captain any of their other players? Maybe not. You, I, th- I think Saka and Odegaard are going to be the players to go to, so you're going to want one of those in. And I think that, again, is probably going to make people maybe not go for Sane or Kevin De Bruyne because of money if you've gone for the three premiums up top. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see how people try to balance four or five premiums in the team, to be honest. Anything else to say on this fixture, Lewis, or should we move on to the last one? It's just just the fact just the fact that the centre-backs are, are, are appealing. I, I kind of wish that the Arsenal centre-backs were cheap, were a bit cheaper, but I guess, you know, I can, I can see why they're not. It's interesting because in FPL, uh, Gabriel is much cheaper than Saliba, isn't he? But in this, Saliba is 0.5 cheaper than Gabriel. Um, so that'll kind of be one of those 50-50 situations with both scoring recently. So I think you're probably going to go for the cheaper one with Saliba. You know, 0.5 million is, is, is quite is quite a lot when you're building a team, especially in these latter stages. So I think the standout will be Saliba and it's kind of impossible to look past Saka, right? Well, it feels, feels like that, you know, particularly uh, today. Obviously, we're recording this the day that Arsenal have just won 6-0 at West Ham. <laughs> De- Declan Rice has got two assists and a goal. Saka's got two goals. Gabriel scored. Saliba scored. So, so it's hard to not have that in our minds. But yeah, yeah. no, look, 
I think Saka is obvious. He's on penalties, and I had him in earlier in the in the group stage, and 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 it went well. Look, let's move on to the last game, Napoli Barcelona. This is a game that currently in my draft, I don't think I've got any players from it because I just don't know what's going to happen. I mean, Napoli aren't particularly going great guns in Serie A. It seems to me the seventh or something, but neither of Barcelona aren't really doing very well either. So I don't, although they're two kind of giants of football, particularly Barcelona, I don't quite know what uh, what to do. So Lewis, you go first because I can see Dan stuffing his face with some pizza. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I really don't like this game. I don't, I don't want anything to do with it. I don't like it. This I'll game in general, or, or you know, the, the fancy UCL because you're losing so just, badly, or, or the, just, yeah, just this everything, one. everything about this game. I in terms of UCL fantasy, I don't want anything to do with. Both yeah. sides inconsistent. Both sides have been disappointing recently. I mean, a couple of their assets are tempting. You know, you've got Koundé at five million. Pina or Pena, however Dan says it, well, it's probably how you actually You mean however he says it, the actual individual, yeah. <laughs> uh, Pina, <laughs> do you remember that? Yeah, oh, I do remember that. Yeah. Let's, not, let's not go X-rated again let's with New, well, New Year's well, resolutions, come on. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Pina, um, he's <laughs> four million. Um, how is this possible, Lewis? How you, are, possible? you are so immature, Lewis. <laughs> Absolutely ridiculous. Come on, you're Dad's a grown stopped. adult. You've got three children. Dan stopped eating to get involved in that. Yeah, exactly. Go on. Yeah, I, I just think the, the picks there, you know, Pania or Pina, he's four million. I've already said that. Just let's move past that player to another one. <laughs> you child. God, honestly. Anyway. Absolutely. Go on, carry on. Yeah, Di, Di Lorenzo, obviously, he's he's always been a favourite of mine. You know, he's, when I watched him in the groups, he was super attacking, always in the box. He was like this kind of like four, fifth attacker for, for Napoli. And I always felt like he was going to score in, you know, at any given moment. But the problem is, is Napoli aren't firing at the moment. They recently sacked the manager. They've brought in a new manager who also isn't getting them really firing. But then Osman, you know, is in that is in AFCON at the moment, playing in the final as we speak. He'll, he should be back by then. I imagine he'll start. He will start. Um, so we could see a better Napoli, but I just don't like the usual picks, you know, Cancelo, Di Lorenzo. I, yeah, I, I'm really not keen on investing in that game at all in in any way, I don't think. What about you, Dan? Are you going to have any Barcelona players or Napoli players? What do you think? Um... I'm undecided. Um, I'm a little concerned that uh, Di Lorenzo's been playing right-sided centre-back in a back three recently. Um, he had he played right-back against uh, Hellas Veronas last week, but against Fiorentina and Inter, he played right-sided centre-back. Maybe that's an experiment that just didn't work because uh, he's back at wing-back tonight. But again, it's just... I don't like the fact that they're moving all these pieces around. They are losing, as the, at the time of recording, 1-0 to Milan in, uh, in Serie A. I am probably thinking more so about going towards Barcelona. I think people are going to sleep on Ilkay Gundogan. I, I just think he's going to be a good pick. Uh, he's got a fair few goals in his last sort of five or six games for a midfielder. Great Champions League experience. If there's any indecision in that Napoli team, I think he's the one that's going to sniff it out. 
So I, I probably look to maybe Gundogan and yeah, Pena is probably worth it for his value. Um, I just think Napoli are a bit. Are, Napoli are definitely worse than Barcelona at the minute. And am I right in thinking Barcelona at home? Uh, Napoli, think, um, Napoli, Napoli at home. Napoli at home. Maybe I wouldn't go for any defenders, and I think the only mm. player for this for Napoli at home, I'd, I'd consider as probably Gundogan. I'm even like I say, I'm even not sure on Di Lorenzo, especially for his money. He's not cheap. Mm. No, he's not. Six point something is he? Or six or six? Is it going to be Cancelo versus? Di oh Lorenzo? no, he's five point five. He's five point five point five actually. But 5.5. sorry, go on. Is it going to be Cancelo versus Di Lorenzo down that wing? God, that's going to be a, a battle. That's going to be weird. Going to be just empty. Hard. It's just going to be the whole side. Is just they're both going to be playing, you know, attacking anyway. Right. So talking, the, of, the, um, talking of Cancelo, he's uh, he's just picked up an assist. Um, in the oh. game that they're currently winning one nil. Yeah, Yamal has scored. Well, he's another pick. That someone suggests he's seven point four, I think, something like that. Yamal. Um, but anyway, yeah, it's a tricky fixture to call, isn't it? Look, let's uh, just finish by sharing what we're thinking in terms of captaincy and in terms of our team. So I'll go first. I did a team earlier before we did all this chatting, so I'm probably going to change a few things, but I'll just go through it. I've got Lunin and Summer, so Summer from Inter Milan, Lunin from Real Madrid. Whether I keep that, I don't know. Defenders, Matson, Kim, uh, Diaz, Ruben Diaz from City. I don't know whether I'll keep that either, but Di Lorenzo is currently in and Saliba. And then my midfield is Saka, Musiala, Zaire Emery, Foden and Turam. And then up front, I've just gone for the sort of standard Kane, Mbappe and Haaland. However, I am going to consider Dan's point of should you, if you could only captain one of them out of Mbappe and Kane because they're on the same day, should I maybe change Kane to someone else and then bring Kane in for the next one? Don't know yet, but that's my current thoughts. In terms of captaincy, it'll be Haaland, then it'll go to Mbappe, then it'll go to Turam, uh, if that's the third day, and then it'll go to Saka, if I need him, on the last day. Uh, let's go next. I'm just going to get the pizza from my door, so let's go to Dan next. Am I, I don't have a team set up. Uh, that's fine. Just go still. through who do you think you're definitely going to have? I think my forwards are going to be full Krug, Mbappe, and um, and Haaland. I think I'm going to try and get for my other two premiums, Kevin De Bruyne and Saka. Uh, I think at the back, I probably won't go the likes of Di Lorenzo because I'll, I think I might punt on Damian and then use some money to go for... Saliba. I'm definitely having Matson. 100. I'm having him for four and a half million, whatever he is. And I'll, I, I want a, I want one of the two saucier, one of the mm. one of the three saucier dad midfielders, depending on my budget. Brias Mendes would probably be my favourite, but I think for budget, I might need to get Baronetia. That's who I'm thinking at the minute. Honestly, my goalkeepers. I think you've probably got a point with Jan Summer. You know, I, I actually think. Yeah, and Summer over Damian might be a much better pick. I hadn't thought of it. And go with DeMarco on defence. Yeah. I assume yeah, that, that's, that's where I mean. I suppose the one the one thing that I feel like I'm missing is any kind of Real Madrid coverage when I should definitely have some Real Madrid players. So that I suppose my headache at the minute is where do I put Real Madrid players in? And that's the same as mine, actually, if you... And notice my team doesn't have any, so that's something I've written down. Real Madrid. Well, actually, I, I mean, obviously, one, 
we mentioned it earlier on. If they're playing the same formation that they've been playing all season with the split strikers, whoever's in the 10, I will be having that person in midfield as a placeholder for Bellingham as well. There we go. Lewis, have you got a team yet? Or do you just want to tell us the people who will be in and any thoughts on captaincy? Yeah, similar situation with Dan. Um, personally, I think I prefer... Um, yeah, I think I like Haaland, Fulkrug on either Mbappe or Kane. If I don't have Kane, it'll be Sane, but I'm likely to have both Sane and Kane. I really think Bayern are going to go mad in, in the next round. In in midfield, there's a lot of different options in midfield um, around that I'm considering anyway. I really like, obviously, Zaire Emery from PSG. I think Baron Axia is, is another option. Even if I went for Hakimi, which I think I really do like, um, I think I could still go for Baronaccia. It wouldn't, wouldn't really phase me that much having an attacker versus a defender because he's so cheap. Um, Inter, again, there's so many options at Inter, isn't there? It was like this before the creep stages. You know, everyone wanted Inter players and then no one did. And I feel like we're back to square one where everyone wants Inter players again. You know, we think they're all going to play. It's all it's all good and, and, and happy. And hopefully that pans out. And hopefully all our Inter players do actually play this time not get rotated. So there's a few there. I think Taram, he's he's high on that list. You know, midfielder, classified as a midfielder, playing as a striker. I think he's managed 16 attacking returns so far, just in the league, that is. So he's 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 been a, a really good signing for Inter. And I think also you don't need to get Lautaro um, if you've got Taram as well. Because I think a lot of people are a lot of people are going to kind of skip that third day. You know, there's going to be people that don't have any decent options for captaincy on that third day. And I don't think Matson is good enough um, as, a, as a captaincy option on that on that third day. I think you're going to have, I think for me, you're going to have to have an attacker like Taram or, or Fulkrug or, or, you know, someone convincing like that. Um, but yeah, in terms of Arsenal straightforward, Saka, Saliba, I think that they're the two from Arsenal that I'd, that I'd be personally looking at. But for me, I'm chasing rank now and the template is is so strong. You know, already from this podcast, people have probably made a team that all of us are going to make. You know, it's it's going to be a strong template. It's going to be a really strong template. Do so something rogue, Lewis. Go on, go 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 crazy. The, the, issue, the, issue, the issue with that is that, the issue with that, is that, that, that isn't, there isn't many differentials. There isn't many options to go different that, that convince me, you know, like do I, I'll give you an example of, of some of the differentials that you could go. You could go for a Real Madrid attacker, but then you're potentially losing, you know, a forward. You could go for a Leipzig attacker. They're probably not going to do well against Real Madrid. Do I fancy Copenhagen? Absolutely not. I fancy Lazio? No. Do I fancy Real Sociedad? No. PSV, maybe they do something against Dortmund, but how good have they been? Do I want to back Atletico about Morata? Absolutely not. Do I want to back Porto against Arsenal? No. Do I want to back Napoli or Barcelona players? No. So all of those alternative options or differential options are just not convincing. So I am I'm really worried, I'm really concerned about how I'm going to actually gain rank in, in this period because the differential good. routes are just yeah. That's this yeah. You're in a good position because I don't see I don't. It's unfortunate as well because there's going to be people people like me 
who had a really bad start and I think who are going to be looking to gain rank and they're really, really going to struggle. So I think finding differentials, maybe Kevin De Bruyne, maybe he could be a differential route. I don't think a lot of people are going to go there. I think they might go for Foden and This Holland is it, Lewis. I think the full Krug De Bruyne double up will be a... Mm. Because you can't... I don't think you can have Saka De Bruyne, a decent defence... And then your three premiums up front. And I think yeah. people will not see past the three premiums up front. So when you can pump that premium money into midfield and then go for a differential strike. And I, from what I've seen, a lot of people are going for Luke de Jong that are re- very reputable managers. Obviously, you haven't really talked about them too much. I'm sure the one five wanted to hear PSV and he, you think you got an assist. Um, yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah, I think yeah, I think De Jong the 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 favoured in quotations cheap striker. So yeah, I think I think that's where that's where you're going to make gains. And again, Real Madrid midfielders. I think that's that's another area where we can maybe make up. Yeah, okay. the, the thing is with captaincy, the, the worst thing that could happen with captaincy for those gaining rank is that Harlem bangs on the first day. If Harlem gets yeah. a break or, or three goals, then that's it. That's captaincy locked in. Yeah. There's no, there's no massive way to gain rank, you know, apart from little singular differentials. It, it, it we're in that position where there's a massive standout captaincy option on, on, on three out of the, well, Lewis, out three out of the look, four days. Day one, why don't you captain someone else other than Harland? That you a great chance. <laughs> the problem with that is, even if that happens, you know, people still have the likes of, you know, Kane and Mbappe. So I could stick with this one guy and then you'd have Kane and Mbappe score a hat-trick. So you have to look at it that way as well. I, I just, again, going back to what my point earlier, and I don't want to go on it about it too much, but I think trying to gain rank is going to be very, very tough. And you have to probably going to have to back a couple of the, the things I mentioned that I didn't want to back um, when I was reeling, reeling them off earlier. There we go. Look, we've been a while. Uh, me, I'm eating pizza. Dan's eating pizza. The evening is, is upon us. Let's uh, end it there. Is there anything else, Lewis and Dan, you want to say before match day seven commences? Come back's on. Come back is on. Okay, good. Thank you very much, everyone, for listening. So our preview of Match Day 7 will be back next week with an update between the game weeks, hopefully, Match Days. I think we're doing that. We haven't decided. I haven't spoken to people, but we'll work that out. Good luck. Uh, I hope your arrows are green to all of you except Lewis and Dan. See you later. Podcast Network.